Yo, Jen. Yo, what's up? <laughs> we should not talk that way. That, does, that's not, that doesn't suit us. I only do things like this to see if I can get Jen to laugh, and I succeeded. It worked. It worked. Um, so yeah. are you ridiculously excited to talk to the ladies of Spitfire? Spitfire. I'm Spitfire so excited. Casting. You know, I commercials was such a hard thing for me to figure out mm-hmm. when I first came. It took me, me like five years to book my first commercial, and so I am going to just flood them with questions. Because, yeah. Yeah. Soak it all in. Soak it all in. Speaking of For soaking sure. things in. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, yeah, like, this that's going? a segue that works. <laughs> um, anything LA interesting that you've been up to? Oh, lately? gosh. Let's see. I Oh, I have a good one. I Ooh, what? So, you know, Italy. Oh, Italy. Not I'm... to be confused with Italy. 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 E-A-T. A-L-Y, I guess, just opened in LA and I went yesterday and it's amazing. Oh my gosh. You can't imagine. It's like if you want to live in LA but feel like you've taken a short little trip to Venice, Italy, go to Italy. Oh. I, I got these potato chips there because, you know, when you think of Italy, you think of potato chips, That right? is actually and exactly what yeah, I think of. Exactly. <laughs> They're so good. I might punch you in the face. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Get me out of here. I mean, if I ate one right now, which <laughs> lucky for you, I'm not. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Johanna, how old were you when you moved to LA? Uh, three for the first time uh-huh. when I uh, lived here, went away to college and came back at 21. Chanel, same question. How old were you when you moved to LA? 25. And Chanel, did you know anyone here when you got here? Um, I knew one one friend of my older sister's, and that was about it. And Johanna, how much money did you have when you came back from college? <laughs> uh, less than I did at three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was time to figure out what to do next. Chanel, what about you? How much money did you have when you moved to LA? One million dollars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't remember, it? <laughs> but it was, I needed to get a job. It was, it was. Where did you live when you first got here? I lived in a duplex in West Hollywood. What about you, Johanna? Uh, I found a crappy little house on Olympic where I lived with three roommates for about six months. <laughs> and what was your first job after college? My first job, I started temping during the day and then was a script reader for a couple of producers at Sony. Chanel, what was your first job when you moved to L.A.? I was a casting assistant. I got a job very quickly. (laughs) What was your first impression of L.A.? I was convinced that it would be all fake boobs and cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) And was it now? (laughs) It is not all fake boobs and cell phones. uh, (laughs) But the joke was when I got off the airplane, and that was right when cell phones were becoming a thing, the... uh, Everyone turned on their cell phone and stuck it to their face. (laughs) So it is, but I find it to be a a much more fun family city. Johanna, how many years did it take you to get your first job in the industry? Uh, Well, it wasn't long, but first real, real job, a little over a year. Chanel, how many years did it take you of living in L.A. before you felt like it was really your home? Uh, probably two years. I moved here with my long-term boyfriend, who's now my husband, and our two dogs. But we missed New York City very much, but found L.A. to be much better than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. We hear that from a lot of East Coasters. Yeah. Um, Johanna, if you had to sum up L.A. in one word, what would that word be? Gamble. 
Ooh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Me too. Shanelle, what about you? What's the one word you would use to sum up ballet? Inspiring. Thanks, you guys. Thank you for having us. We've been really looking forward to this podcast because we're going to learn so much about the casting process. To put the pressure on, but we're about to learn a lot. Expect us to fail quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but I think it's true. We were talking about before we started that so many actors come to L.A. interested in um, working in commercials. And this is the first podcast that we've done where we've really um, talked about that. So we're and how lucky we are to get to talk to. Um, two people that know so much about it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It'd be great to start kind of with how Spitfire casting started. Yeah. How did it begin? Um, Well, I was working in casting for 13 years in various capacities in terms of assistant work, um, associate work, casting director work, and also uh, was a session director for many years. So worked in um, all the different areas of commercial casting and um, was also an actor for a long time. So it was my complimentary side hustle. So in 2013, uh, the woman whose office that I ran for many years, a woman named Jessica J, um, she passed away from a long battle with cancer and asked me to kind of continue the company. And, wow. wow. Um, I was very remiss about doing that. And... Um, at the same time, she was kind of such an incredible, you know, she was my best friend and a magical woman um, that uh, it it sort of seemed like it wasn't over yet. And mm-hmm. uh, I was also pregnant with twins at the time. And uh, my, my buddy, Johanna, was um, also at a transitional point in her career. And uh, the partnership sort of evolved. And she can tell you about her background Mm -hmm. but that's when we we sort of teamed together in 2013 in 2013 Mm -hmm. um i had also been in casting for a million bazillion years um (laughs) several years in voiceover casting and then went over to on-camera commercial where i was at ross lacy casting for eight years yeah my way office yeah it's a very very busy office and uh worked my way up to casting director there and you know at a certain point You've been there long enough. Mm-hmm. You have to make the move, but you want to make the right one for you. And The timing. move from assistant to, like, doing your own thing, or the move from working for somebody to exactly. your own. Yeah. I was functioning as a casting director, but, you know, uh, at a certain point you want to figure out the work-life balance that works for you, and we're both moms and mm-hmm. can back each other up when things get busy on that end. That's really That's cool. great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we both, I think, also had, we have different approaches that work really well together. And I think um, Johanna's husband is an incredible actor. And me coming from the acting world, we wanted to have an actor-friendly office, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, when we kind of got together to discuss what Spitfire was going to be, that was a very important Mm -hmm. kind of piece of the puzzle was, um, and we can get to that later. But I think actors think that casting directors are sort of these, 
deities on a on a pedestal mm -hmm. that want them to fail and it's actually quite the opposite um, so no. we want to make sure that that's <laughs> yeah. we really really want you to do a great job in the yeah. room and we'll yeah. help in any way we're, we we're actually you're, yeah. you know cheering the most for you because yeah. when you guys all kill it we look really good and then we get to work again yeah. <laughs> you know that's, that's always nice that's nice for, to hear yeah that's really nice you can't I, I mean, as we're both actors, mm -hmm. as everyone knows, but you can't hear it enough, really. And mm -hmm. I think it's so true. Actors really don't know that, and they definitely don't remember it when they walk into the room. It's just terrifying. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we have bosses, too. So ultimately, yeah. we need to bring in talent that's going to impress everybody that we're working for so mm -hmm. that they continue to hire us and we can continue to have opportunities for actors. Mm -hmm. So we desperately want you to do your best work and hopefully we'll give you the information that you need in order to make that happen. Exactly. I love that. I You said that you have bosses too, which is such mm -hmm. a great way to put it. And I'd love to, because it was always sort of confusing to me and I kind of figured it out as I went, as I did so many things, which mm -hmm. is why we're trying to help people not have to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was always a little confusing to me when I was first auditioning commercially, understanding who like, so people would talk about the clients right. and the ad agency and mm -hmm. the, can you break down like, who who everybody is and who who has final decision mm -hmm. yeah so uh let's say we're doing a commercial for burger king okay which we might be later today <laughs> uh the burger king company hires an ad agency the ad agency often hires a production company mm -hmm. and usually it's the production company who contacts us so there is a trail yeah. that leads down to us so we'll hear that a job is being bid by the production company every now and then directly from the agency and then if they get it somebody has said we want to use spitfire it could be the director who says these are my people it could be the producer who's had a great experience it could be the ep over there mm -hmm. but um so we get put on a veil much like actors do where you know wow i didn't mm -hmm. know that it, yeah well and we have relationships with directors um because we Part, a, a large part of our job is understanding their vision and their way, you know, their sort of taste. And the, like each director has their sort of own style. And mm -hmm. so um, we tend to get connected with the director and then work with them over and over and and come up with a shorthand for that specific director. And I think what actors don't realize is that the directors are also um, auditioning for the job is often, for instance, in the example of Burger King, um, we'll get a call from a production company that's bidding the job. They'll ask us for help figuring out what the financing would be for the actors, you know, like all of those different price points, you know, based on, you know, kind of what the industry standards are. And their director is usually writing a treatment and kind of figuring out how they're going to approach creating this commercial. So in the case of Burger King, the ad agency may have come up with a particular campaign but there may be five different directors that are kind of repped at production companies that are all kind of putting their two cents in as to how they would shoot it and, and put that out. So we'll get put on hold, but our director may not get it, or the bid may be too high, or there, there's so many kind of moving parts that happen before we get to, you know, bring actors into audition. But wow. when you bring, I know, I, that's it's so interesting. interesting. Yeah. Well, it's so different, too, because all the casting processes, like for film, TV, and commercial, are so different. And that was something I never mm -hmm. realized at all either, which I have a question about that. But first, I want to piggyback on what you just said. Yeah. Um, so does that mean that by the time you guys start 
when when you guys are auditioning actors, say for this Burger King mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. commercial, that means that that production company and that director is set. That's locked at that point, or are you still creating everything with them and still maybe not? They haven't necessarily won the bid yet. You know, that's kind of a job by job thing. Like mm-hmm. I worked on the Dosecchi's campaign for many years, the most interesting man in the world. So mm-hmm. I was on the team that found. Jonathan, who's the original most interesting man in the world. Mm-hmm. And in that case, um, once they hired the director of the first sort of nine years of that, which is a, a man named Steve Miller, um, the ad agency would come up with those little scenarios in terms of like um, all of the pageant queens on the Zodiac boat in the middle of the ocean, you know, or mm-hmm. they would come up with some of them. And then Steve would come up with some. And then we would come up with some. We would surprise them with, like, you know what you need is you need belly dancers with snakes. And we would just bring them in, you know, like, here's a fun little Easter egg for you. That's not always the case. I think sometimes it's more of a collaboration and sometimes it's set in stone and Mm -hmm. it's great. You know exactly Mm -hmm. what you want. Yeah, they'll find it. Mm -hmm. They'll be much more specific. Although, interestingly enough, things are changing a lot with – the, the social media and the non-union things and, and that kind of stuff, everything is kind of shifting. And we've been hired more directly from ad agencies sometimes to help develop characters that they want to put into a campaign because they're maybe now trying to sell to the advertiser, you know, that the original company, we have this idea, we think you need to invest in us. So they'll cast that first before wow. there's even a campaign. To flesh it out and... Mm-hmm. Make it I love the, you know this is so, so helpful and it really does make casting directors seem less scary. <laughs> oh yeah, because, we, like, we're a hot to, mess. <laughs> <laughs> we have problems just like you. But really, <laughs> to walk in a room because it does. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. We as actors, we we put you guys on pedestals and we come in and we feel like oh they have all the power and you know they probably can you know, just do anything they want. And just to hear that you also are dealing with your own stuff, I think humanizes the whole situation, which can make everybody calm down a little bit and Mm -hmm. work at their, at their best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Love that. And also the lack of control that kind of exists Mm. within this world. I Mm -hmm. mean, obviously Mm -hmm. with actors, there's not a ton of control about Mm -hmm. what we But you guys Um, deal with that too. And you deal with that as well, which is, it's, kind of comforting to know yeah I mean not that we want you no. to be in misery <laughs> no but, but we're all in it together yeah honestly. we're all in it together so exactly yeah. I, I'd love to ask I'd love to talk about auditioning for a second if we could just because I know that's such a big thing with actors and just ask you guys like you know what makes a really good audition what are some things that like when somebody walks in and you go oh that's a seasoned commercial actor like mm-hmm. are there some things that are yeah sure you're nodding go ahead I mean the basics start with the basics. Mm-hmm. Get there. If you get an audition, mm-hmm. it means that the narrow the numbers have been narrowed down, probably from over a thousand submitted for that role to a handful, maybe a dozen that we get to bring in for that role. So if you get the audition, take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Show up on time. If you mm-hmm. need a time change, try to work it out with your agent. Um, if there is material posted read it it sounds very simple (laughs) no but yeah but people get into the lobby and they're talking and they're distracted and you know it happens to all of us but do what you can on your end to inform yourself of what we give you listen to the direction we give you and 
I would say even more importantly, be open to being redirected and to getting new information. The more flexible you are, the mm -hmm. more you can roll with it, the more we know you can roll with the whole process. And that is half the battle. You can come in very prepared, and you should if you mm -hmm. can, but you never know what a director or a client is going to throw at you. And the more you can roll with that, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say um, you're a lot of actors come in and they, they don't read the room and, and there's a lot that can be, <laughs> we hear this a lot. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can learn a lot before you, you speak to anybody, you know, I mean, everything is generally posted. So it's sort of look around before you ask the question. Mm -hmm. Um, and timing is very important. I know we're, we're an office that cares very much about trying to stack the deck appropriately with our schedule so that, we actually try and simplify stuff so there are less group interactions, more individual auditions, which makes time flexibility a little more possible. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's dictated by by somebody above us in terms of we'll try and tell our director, you know, it'd be really great is instead of having to see the entire family of redheads together, <laughs> maybe we can just see the mom and dad together. And then later we'll see the kids and we, we try and streamline the process because we're trying to be respectable about everybody's time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as actors, we, um, they, actors tend to assume that we're, again, trying to throw them a curve or something. <laughs> yeah, a curve ball yeah or something, sure. You know? um, and so timing-wise, respect the time and assume. Also, if something's running late, uh, it's, it's not because we're disrespectful mm -hmm. of, of time. It's usually... You know, some offices are always late and they're responsible. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> there are some that just constantly overschedule and it's like, but you know, again. That's but if you're if you yeah. come into an office that is for the most part on time mm -hmm. um and there's a there is a delay, give the benefit of the doubt to the fact that there's maybe a technical issue or if it's a callback, maybe the client's plane landed late or, you know, there's a revamping, you know, of of something. There's there's usually something outside of the actor going on. Um, so I'm sort of, you know, went on a tangent there no, about, that's you know, off great. of Joanna's thing. But, it's, yeah. but it is. It's like the script is usually posted. The room where you're going is usually posted. Mm -hmm. Like, so there's a lot to read before you do that. And then there's also, uh, you'll, you'll get the tone from yeah. the session director and stuff pretty quickly. You, you know what I found really challenging when I first came to L.A. with, commercials is getting the copy. I didn't know how to prep it when I first, I remember when I got my first, you know, commercial copy side, I um, was trying to memorize it like a, a theatrical audition, right. mm -hmm. which is not, it's not the same. So can you talk a little bit about kind of, you know, um, improvisation in terms of the commercial sides? And or is how it that the works? same? I mean, or do you like when actors memorize it like a script? Well, because uh, I do think that's something we actors don't always know the answer to. Yeah, mm -hmm. half the time it shifts in mm -hmm. process. Yeah. So yes, if you can get anything ahead of time, it usually means they want you to get it ahead of time mm -hmm. and work with it as much as you can. And also keep in mind, you could get in there the next day and they could have a new script. It happens mm -hmm. all the time. It's not something we're doing to throw you. It's <laughs> just the process. Yeah shifts and evolves so if you can commercially break it down to a couple of beats just try to figure out what the gag is if it's comedy yeah. or mm -hmm. try to figure out what they're going for it'll give you a sense of 
a few delivery choices Mm -hmm. and then you're better prepared but then also come and open you know you might have a very specific idea of how you want to do it and get there and somebody says nope yeah Yeah. just be ready to roll with it you know Mm -hmm. well and I think there's another um I will be the one to officially give you permission to ask the session director Mm. whether they need you to stay on exactly that's a great note i think i think actors are terrified to ask the question Mm -hmm. you know and but that's a great question it's Mm -hmm. a great question because every director is a little different you know like Mm -hmm. and there are some directors that are absolutely i want improv please give me you know i don't Mm -hmm. care if the words are anything near what they need to be Mm -hmm. and then there are others that are like oh no you know i happen to know this client pharmaceutical clients are much more sort of like they want it exactly yeah Mm -hmm. word for word because you know, there's there's more information that needs to be, you know, and maybe legal stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, so um, your session director is your best friend. Be warm and fuzzy to every session director. That's the camera yes. guy. The camera guy is not the casting director. Just a heads up. Oh, or that's camera, a good or camera tip. woman. Okay, that's a, an interesting. Piece. So the camera person is called the session director. Session director, and, and they work very, very hard. All day. It is a burnout job. Yes. So love them and be kind to them because yes. they are your best friends because they usually know more information than anybody else in yeah. terms of their repeat, uh, you know, sort of workers within each office. Yeah, we hire the same people over and over again because again we have a shorthand. And they usually know the director's tone. Mm-hmm. And most of them are other act- like brilliant actors who will have great suggestions for you and mm-hmm. invest back in you. Um, True. And they're a direct line of communication to the casting director. If, if the casting director is not in the room, it means we're relying on them and getting updates throughout the day. How did wow. so-and-so mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. That's so good there? to know. Here's new info, yeah. Do you guys watch all the tapes or do you watch the tapes that your session directors tell you? We oh, have both. a monitor in our office where yeah. we can watch. It's like God is watching. Sometimes. Oh, you you're you're oh, like connected in monitor. as it's happening. Oh, but we're wow. also we're very hands on because mm-hmm. there are two of us. We yeah. can be hands on depending on how much is going on. We like to be in the room at least for a good chunk of the day. If uh-huh. not, we're watching on the monitor. We can buzz in mm-hmm. if we need to tweak something. So yeah. assume you're being watched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I not being watched that. and listened to. You know, it's 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 great for when you get to set later. You know. It's, you assume you're mic'd because yeah. Yeah. somebody is watching you and hearing you, you know, and uh, it's it's funny because we're again, we're, we're usually kind where we'll actually buzz into the room and it, it will sound like the voice of female God, you know, <laughs> be like. Fix her hair. She's got better than that. You know, like, we'll be like, we will. If you've got yeah. a little woo-woo going on, right. we will make you sure. If we see that you have kale in your teeth, we will let you know. Uh, yeah. That's so nice of you guys. I know. I, I used to, the, the thing I used to get a lot, which at first I didn't understand at all, was that you do it once, mm-hmm. like the first take, and then the next direction was, now just, you know, Put play it, with it, it. Play with away. it. Mm-hmm. Or put it in your own words. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I was like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. They they want you to personalize it in terms of, um, you know, it's funny because SAG rules recently changed. It used to be that we were not allowed to use the word improv, which was uh-huh. a really, you know, unfortunate rule because most actors, that's their best friend. I know, mm-hmm. you know, like when I was doing most of my acting, I loved it when they gave me that freedom because... Sometimes the script is so poorly written and you, that word would never come out of your mouth in a way that's mm-hmm. every, at all, you know, makes any sense or is funny, you know. And sometimes your own interpretation of it is going to be much funnier or more interesting or more yeah. natural. So when they say that, they want you to add a little pepper of your own, you know, personality. 
and especially to like it usually that's because it's coming across stilted or they they don't know what else they need so mm-hmm. they'll say just you know go ahead and make it your own it's to get a more relaxed or more fun you can tell by the type of commercial it is if it's comedic they want you to add a great button or you know fill in something that's you know your own joke basically mm-hmm. yeah when or, I when yeah. I finally started relaxing a bit mm-hmm. with that I can't even tell you how much I enjoyed going to commercial auditions. Mm. It was, I, I just really loved it. It was so fun, mm-hmm. you know, and you got to go in there and, and, and there was always so many fun people in the room. I always felt like you got to interact with all these really fun mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because it really is something that I think most actors think, um, cause you're not used to it if you're not here mm-hmm. auditioning mm-hmm. for commercials. So if you're mm-hmm. coming from another place and you get here and all of a sudden you start going on these commercial auditions, you just kind of had no clue as to yeah. how to actually begin or prepare or anything. Yeah. yeah. I know something that seems to me is very uh, in vogue right now, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but is just very natural, very real mm-hmm. acting. And I think especially probably in commercials because you're, you're selling something, but you want to not be too selly. Mm-hmm. Is, that, mm-hmm. is, that, is that what often you get it a lot we'll yeah. put the breakdown out to the yeah. agents and we'll say real relatable uh-huh. genuine all these all these words are coming across because it's a different generation of people watching tv mm-hmm. and and it feels it can feel very forced when you're telegraphing or mm-hmm. being too salesy and so but there are still ones where they want to play with that mm-hmm. so definitely find out what the tone is what they want and usually when you get your audition you'll get your little character description and so read, read, read whatever info you read have. Read anything you can, <laughs> well, yeah. We were talking earlier about um, commercials going trends that very much reflect what is, you know, zeitgeist popular oh, at the moment. So, right. you know, 17 years ago when I came to L.A., the real look was in, you know, and, and um, the real look was almost unattractive, you uh-huh. know, or like unkept and stuff. Uh-huh. And then it went into... Um, everybody needed to look like they were a cast member from the office, very mundane and very, (laughs) then it was modern family because that show, you know, now Uh it's going to be, this is us. We're going to have mixed families, TV shows, it follows whatever is, whatever is the hit TV show, because ultimately we're selling something. And so they're, they're selling ad space that's going to fit in the dynamic of what those audiences are. Of what they're watching. And And, it's on their minds too. They're thinking, you know, like that wife from modern family or whatever they're watching. And, And you touched on something that's very, the, the zeitgeist right now now is authenticity is things the social media the instagram all that stuff all um the people that have the huge following Mm -hmm. have it because they are authentic in whatever it is they do the second that audiences that are watching their stream notice that they're kind of stepping out or selling out and they lose followers like hundreds of thousands at a time so authenticity is is what's right now is being yourself being unique being you know yeah um, but you can't you can't force it. You can't fake it. You just have to kind of be you. Be you. I mean, it's <laughs> but that's, cheesy as that's, it sounds. It's that's harder also to right do now. than it sounds. It sometimes. takes a really talented actor yeah, right. to make you think they're just being themselves. Or yeah. or knowing who you actually yeah. is. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's a real thing that I think actors struggle with, particularly when they're first kind of coming here, trying to do it as an actor. You have this, you know young inspired thing of like I can do anything you know like I for those that can't see me I'm a 
red-haired freckled chick, but it's like, yes, I can play a 60-year-old black woman. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, but I, I know it's in me. I yeah. know I can do it. Don't limit me. And, it's and you like, probably did it in college. Yeah. So well, you're like, it. I did like, it. There. Yeah. You can't. There's already a much, much better 60-year-old black woman who is going <laughs> to get that job, you know? So it's sort of knowing yeah. your type is, is yeah. you know, probably to me the biggest tool you you have is yeah. and being okay with that um and not being a you know ingenue or and knowing hero. that your type there's a place for your type too yes. mm-hmm. right because i think absolutely a place for that, there are niches for, for different types because yes. so many people and especially women i think mm-hmm. are like i'm too fat or i'm mm-hmm. too old you know like mm-hmm. those are the things we hear mm-hmm. so much of you know, we hear it from people that are like 25 mm-hmm. that are already like, I, I'm, I'm getting older and I'm like, you're, you're fine, <laughs> you know, but that's, I mean, and I understand why that's a huge concern. I mean, mm-hmm. especially, mm-hmm. and I'm sure men feel that as well, but you know, how do you, how would you respond to that in terms of those questions that are in these people's heads? Well, and is that a thing? I mean, do you feel like the people that mostly get the work are a certain look or a certain weight or a certain I type. I would, in all honesty, yeah. say it depends on the brand. It depends on the mm-hmm. campaign. It depends mm-hmm. what they're going for mm-hmm. because you're marketing to different groups, to different ages, to different types. Um, and you see those shifts that kind of go along as mm-hmm. Chanel was saying, the trends with what's going on. But, you know, I... I Sorry, I'm still focused on the 25-year-old thinking that they were old. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true, though. You will be feeling yourself as an actor mm. transitioning into different categories, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, at 25, you know, 21 to 25, would you be more likely to be in uh, a fast food commercial? Probably. But, you know, then you might transition into young business owner, to mm-hmm. a young suburban mom. These, mm-hmm. And there's sort of a progression and so don't be afraid, I guess I would say, as your look changes and your look shifts, to know that you're going to well, transition em- a bit as an actor. Embrace mm-hmm. embrace that because that goes back to the the know your type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the when I was younger, I didn't feel, you know, when I was was in the category to be, you know, sexy girl, I'm not a sexy girl in my head. I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a you know, PTA mom. Mm-hmm. And, and now that, no, I actually am. But, you know, <laughs> but I knew like in that train, I used to get the same sort of thing where it was like, you hit the late twenties and you, you're like, Oh my God, I'm never going to work again. Well, I actually cut all my hair off and tried to look soccer mom and look older. I was the only person in town trying to look older because I felt like that fit my, my essence of, you know, sort of who I connected with much more. And I started a book more, you know, I was, a little pudgier than everybody else. I was a little, you know, so it's, it's sort of understanding like the, the person you truly identify with is, is where you'll, where you'll work more. Like we had a, a woman great. come mm-hmm. in the other day for just a general meeting to get to know her. And she's this fabulous, glorious older woman who is just styled beautifully. And like, it's, it's the outside of this world. I desperately want to look like that when I'm a little bit older because she is just on point. And then I had to talk to her and say, are you okay with letting yourself look older? Because in your age range, the authenticity may be to look a little bit more like a Midwestern grandma. Like, mm-hmm. are you okay with yeah. being coming in a little me- a little more messed up, a little rough yeah. around the edges, you know, leaving the makeup off and being in scrubs or is that, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and she was, she was game to, yeah. but it's, it's, you know, you have to sort of be game to not always be, 
beautiful and uh, you know like on the the magazine cover beautiful being mm-hmm. who you are is is going to come across as much more attractive i mean we've seen all shapes and sizes book because because of the authenticity because mm-hmm. you know and the different brands as you said mm-hmm. i have one more question before we sadly have to no. wrap up i know <laughs> I i'd love to just to. i'd love to just something that johanna just said i'd love to ask you which you said be willing to, you know, have the scrubs and the no makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys suggest when people are taking headshots that they take pictures that look That's like that? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, when taking your headshots, mm-hmm. if you have an agent, you might want to check in with mm-hmm. them as well. But be realistic about the types of roles you're probably going to be submitted for. Mm-hmm. If you come across, if you read like somebody who would be a great nurse or, you know, something where it's a little more natural and you're not glammed up, Take a couple shots like that. I mean, it's not the days where you need to stand there with a baseball bat and one picture or, like, you know, a scuba diving yeah. unit. But, yes, take some shots in real light where you're natural and, and it's more you and the makeup is lighter and the hair is, you know, maybe a little disheveled. And then take those polished business shots. Uh-huh. You have a little range so that if something comes up, uh, your agent can switch those pictures up and... You know, often the first thing we see is just a little thumbnail shot of you. Yeah, head and shoulders, much tighter than it used to be because we look at them, you know, 100 people on a screen. So, Mm -hmm. And that's going to catch our attention. And if you only have one shot and it's you, you know, in a bikini, uh, (laughs) we might not immediately think of you for the... Mm-hmm. For the nurse. Yeah. For, for the ER nurse, yes. Right. She's yeah. been on ship for 12 hours. Right. I'm, I'm right. also a big fan of doing, you know, for the ladies doing your own makeup because you're the one who's going to have to reproduce this look on every audition. So, so smart. Yeah. Do, again, do you. And so yeah. the reoccurring theme be is be you because, you know, though somebody or, or do your own makeup and have a makeup artist that's there that can touch it up and do the enhanced version of you. Right. Ultimately, you've got to. It's got to be, it's got to be what you got to replicate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't have a gorgeous glimazon shot and then come in and be a normal person because it's no, it disappoints everybody. Yeah. I would rather have the normal you that I can bring in for the normal, you know, you want it to be represented if you don't want a big mismatch when you walk in the room. Mm -hmm. Look like your headshot. This is so helpful. You guys, this is so good. I wish we could, um, Keep you for hours, but you have you have a You've, Burger King you have situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'd love to end with one question, which is if either of you has an LAism, something that you have found to be um, unique to LA. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal one. A good friend of mine, Chris McEwen, is a great stand-up comic, and he says Los Angeles is the one place um, where when you're RSVPing to an event or to even just have lunch with a friend, you say. I'll definitely try. To make it. <laughs> That's so true. That's a good one. So thank you, Chris Mack. Yeah, definitely try. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's true. Uh, we do. We do. And I have to follow that. Uh, I, no, I do have one. Good. Do not flip off anyone in traffic. Because oh, they're amen. probably heading to the same audition you are and <laughs> they so could true. be one of the ones in the room who controls whether you want oh up on Oh my god. Absolutely true. That's yeah. true. Control your this is happening. Oh, you. no way. Not yeah. to you but to people that Not you've to me. witnessed. Yes. Oh, yes. oh it's happened. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't flip them off. 
don't do See, it. See, maybe you're going to help everybody control their road. Sarcasting, making the roads safer for everyone. Yeah. I will say that most of the directors and the producers are the ones that look like like everybody hot messes. Never and know who you're never sitting know next who you're, to. Yeah. The people that are working the most it's are actually working in general. on yeah. their career, not on looking yeah fantastic. it's good yeah. to be a good human anyway but <laughs> yes, on top of that it's right just right. Good business just for the business <laughs> yeah everyone's yes. everyone's in the industry. doing something and yeah. yeah you never know who's sitting next to you thank you guys, thank you guys. so much thank you. Thank, you. Yeah. thank you thank you thanks so much for listening to speak la the podcast we know you have big actor dreams and we really want to help you for more insider tips on the la film and tv industry go to ispeakla.com and subscribe today. And of course, look for us at all the regular places, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time.